Oh boy. Oh boy. Oh boy. Oh boy. Oh boy. Did you guys get your taxes filed on time? I sure did. Submitted it just a few hours ago. Not too shabby. I'm a very responsible beer podcaster. What's that you say? This isn't the Toronto income tax filing podcast? No, it's Monday. You know what the deal is. It is the Toronto Beer Podcast with me, your host, Chris Schreier. And that must mean that you're about to hear the lovely tones of none other than Mr. Rob Curry and the Curry Brothers. Take us there, Rob. of Gravenhurst, Ontario. As always, check that record out. Link in the description. It's called Link Ray Gun. so you didn't know what I was going to say there. I could have been tricking you. Anyhow, hey, how you kids doing? You have a good, uh, have a good day, good weekend? Oh, I finished out my three weeks of holiday and went back to work today, and I got to be honest with you, it felt good. Good to get back. I've come to appreciate something, especially when I'm off for as long as that, three weeks. I really got to keep my fitness up. I get uh, I get pretty depressed if I'm not uh, staying pretty active, and I'm a pretty active guy. Uh, and so as much as I love just lying around on the couch, it's just not good for me mentally or emotionally. I really need to be more intentional about that. But this isn't the Toronto uh, self-help podcast, although sometimes it could be. This is the Toronto Beer Podcast, and I'm really excited to get into this beer, so I'm just going to get cracking on this. You are looking at, if you're watching the live video, a monogamy IPA from our friends at Bellwoods. I might have done this before. I'm not sure if I've done this specific one. This is a monogamy uh, mosaic. It's a single hop um, uh, IPA. It might be single malt, too. A smash, they call that. Single malt and single hop. S-M-A-S-H. Not sure if that's the case, but it's a single hop anyway. Uh, And it's just mosaic. That's all they use in it. So we get a real good picture of what mosaic hits like and and the way they've used it. So that's pretty exciting. I'm going to... I'm going to get in here. Just a little drip of water in that glass. I just want to get rid of... Oh, shoot, kids at home. Sorry, sorry, kids at home. I know your favorite part of the show is when I pour the beer in the glass. Yes, indeedy. Well, I'll tell you this. I'm just looking at this and I'm thinking, I mean, it might be single malt and that they only use one type of malted barley, but if there isn't wheat and or oats in this, just going by the appearance, I'd be very surprised because this is getting into the neighborhood of what Ben Johnson calls an orange juice uh, beer. There's no floaties in it. Bellwood doesn't F with that noise, but it is definitely a very opaque yellow, uh, very nice bright yellow, tending fairly dark in the middle, but uh, but a very delightful color. It's really enticing me to drink it, but I'm going to sniff it first. Hmm, okay, okay, hang on, hang on. Huh. Huh. Oh. Huh. Friends, I tend to think of mosaic. I mean, mosaic gets used so heavily anyway. But I, I tend to think, like, mosaic often kicks off, like, a bit of berry or strawberry uh, in some contexts. I'm getting, like, white grapes off of this. 
Like it's o- <laughs> Hang on. It's almost a little white whiny, like a little Venice. Oh, hang on. Mm, uh melons. Uh like cantaloupe maybe? White whiny. Definitely very white grapey. Huh, that's really interesting. I mean, it does sort of smell like mosaic. I've just never really thought this in detail about it because I tend to have mosaic with, uh, say, Citra or Simcoe or both. Um, and it kind of rounds things out, adds a little zhuzh at the bottom end. But this on its own. Yeah, like my first appearance was uh, white grape. Very much so. All right, let's taste it. Let's see. Let's see if that sticks. You never know when you transition to the old mouth-a-roni. Hmm. 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 Ooh, very prickly. I like that. Need another sip. Oh. Hmm. That's very interesting. Huh. That was almost a little hard to pin down. It's very, I mean, so it's, it's hop driven. Um, specifically mosaic hop driven. That's what it says on the can. <laughs> but uh, I'm just pouring the last little bit in the uh, glass if you hear a little glugging. Um, the grape thing is there, but it's a little bit more subdued on the palate. Initially, it's um, a little minerally and also uh, like evergreeny, but tending towards cedar and more like the smell of cedar when somebody has been trimming their cedar hedges. If that makes any sense to you, there's a certain woody quality to the cedar I'm getting off of that. I suppose you could just go with evergreeny. It's not really piney. It's more cedary if you ask me but uh but then there there is also another sip there's a bit of like citrus peel like grapefruitiness almost but i it's almost more of an astringency that i think my brain is just looking at this beer and going oh yeah it's white grapefruit peel i'm not necessarily sure i'm exactly getting that and then yeah there's definitely melon. What's the green melon called? Winter melon? No, that's not it. What's the green one called? The green melon. Uh, you know, you know the green one? That one. Not so much cantaloupe. Cantaloupe's sweeter. Melony, though. Uh, honey, honeydew, honeydew. Honeydew melon. Bit of honeydew melon, maybe? And then, um... It's not as vinous, but there is still white grape to the, the flavor. Um, I suppose the finish is still a little... The finish might even be piney. Maybe I'm getting a little precious about the cedar. No, I still think cedar when I first taste it. And the finish is quite... Um, it's, not as, it's not as stringent. It's just nicely bitter. It's not squeaky on my teeth, but there's a squeakiness to it that, that hits on resin. Piney, maybe cedary. Less cedary on the finish. Uh, more just kind of generic evergreen, I would say. Uh, 
you know, the more that I have, the less I'm getting that uh, white grapefruit peel thing. I think it's just the bitterness. There's a lot of alpha acid to this. I'm assuming they must have used it as a bittering hop as well. There's um, a minerality to it. Again, not like a white wine minerality. We had this a couple weeks ago with a different IPA. Uh, chalky isn't quite the right word. Like, But it's not a bad thing. It's just it's a little hard to put my exact finger on that minerally quality. Like, um, almost like wet concrete. Wet concrete probably doesn't sound very attractive. Um, and by wet concrete, I don't mean like not um, cured. I mean like like a sidewalk uh, that's been rained on. Um, that kind of minerality. Does that make sense? Is that, is that ringing any bells for anybody else? Hmm. Yeah, the more sips I have, the more that the, the melon and the white grape are, are there. You almost kind of need to get everything coated with the alphas and then your brain sort of stops paying attention to those. It's like, okay, I get it. You're here. You guys just keep doing your own thing. I'm going to pay attention to these other things. And that's when you kind of get definitely white grapes. Yeah. Melon honeydew ish. And yeah, a bit of cedar, like, like, like freshly cut cedar. Something just a touch woody. Uh, the the other side of that the the malt profile hmm. I I do believe I wouldn't be surprised if there was only one type of malt in this and if it was like Pilsner malt or just kind of stock two row that would not surprise me there is I would probably bet money there's oats in this but not a lot it's got a nice mouthfeel without it's not even velvety or creamy yet it's just nicely dense and is there wheat in this mm. i've been burned by this before hmm It's not evident. I don't, I don't taste it. I kind of feel like there is though. There's something about the body. Nah, I'm going to go with no. I don't think so. There might be, but if there is, it's only a little, I, I, I would guarantee there's oats color though. Maybe there is. It's definitely got an oaty, milky looking haze to it. Maybe some wheat in there. Finish very assertively bitter. This, by the way, has, this, as I was saying, I'm pretty sure they've used this as a bittering hop as well. There, this is not New England IPA fruit juice. This is like, there's a, a solid bite to this. It's probably, I mean, it's not West Coast just in appearance. Um, but there is enough, like, I don't know what the IBU is on it. I don't know if it says on the can. I'll read in a minute. But like, th this wouldn't surprise me if it was up in like the 50 range. Calculated. I don't know about lab testing. I, I don't have the lab to test it, if I'm honest with you. But it's, it's, it's significantly better in a very nice way. Yeah, wet concrete. I think that's the mineral thing that I'm looking for. Again, not in a bad way. That's not... That, as soon as you say wet, people think they're going to think... People think you're going to say wet cardboard, which is uh, oxidization. 
This isn't like that. It's not a. It's not a flaw. It's something that the hops are doing. There's a mineral thing to them. Yeah, a little bit like wet, wet concrete, wet pavement. Hmm. It's interesting. It's not as bright as I was expecting it to be. Um, that bitterness is definitely there. That there's that fruitiness, but it, even the grape. I mean, melons aren't necessarily particularly bright anyway. And actually, that goes even further. I, I don't think there is that white grapefruit thing. I think that was my brain was playing a trick on me. Um, because there isn't any of that bright citrusy thing going on. It's, um, it's, it's fairly bitter. There's some interesting grapey, melony things happening. Some, some evergreen, some, again, cedar. Um, yeah, it's an interesting beer. It's pretty tasty. Mmm. No, no, I, I am that. It is tasty. This isn't a beer I would necessarily drink a lot of, personally. Um, it's a very interesting beer. It's cool. It, it's interesting how the mosaic's tasting in this. This isn't necessarily exactly what I would have expected um, coming off of mosaic. Uh, but it's what it is, at least to me. It's what I'm tasting. Um, I think, well, one of the things is there's a reason why it's noteworthy when you make an IPA with only one type of hop. Um to really kind of layer in some interest, build some depth to that hop profile, you, you typically need to, you don't have to, but it's, it's made easier if, you'll, if you're willing to play with a few different varieties of hops, particularly if you want to use something that isn't necessarily the most aromatic, but has a, an assertive bitterness for your uh, bittering addition, and then focus on using more interesting aromatic things uh, towards the end to build in some of that stuff. I think actually part of the thing too, it's occurring to me, Part of the reason I think why this isn't quite drinking quite right is because there isn't citra in it. Um, and I'm not like a citra fanatic. I'm, I mean, a, a fully citra based beer is fine. Like there are some really good ones out there. It can be it can be done well. Um, there are also a number of examples where people just kept dumping citra into a beer in the hopes that if a bit of citra is good, a lot of citra is better, which not the case. <laughs> but um, and I've said this in the past. Uh, every IPA, pale ale, any American New World style hop forward beer, even if you don't use citra, like because you want citra taste, there should be some citra in the beer because it works like salt. It just there's a, a brightening effect. There's a, a roundness that, that it brings to the beer, um, regardless of anything else you put in it. Um, you know, if you throw a, a, a decimal percentage of your hop uh, bill is, is citra, that's helpful. Uh, pardon me, it's a good thing. And because this is a single hot beer, this doesn't have citra in it. That might also be part of the reason why I'm like, it's not one dimensional. It's not thin, but there, it just doesn't feel quite finished somehow. And I think that's what it is. I think, I think I just need a little citra in my beer. You know, just to brighten things up a little. Let's let's go to the can here. By the way, bought this at the LCBO. Did I? Yeah, yeah, LCBO. Pretty sure you can get it at Loblaws, too. And absolutely at the brewery. And I would highly endorse going there. I don't get out uh, west that often. Ingredients, water, malted barley, wheat, oats, hops, yeast. Okay, there's wheat in here. <laughs> and assuming they're following the usual convention, there's more wheat than there is oats. They don't have to. It's not a legal requirement, but that's pretty typical, and I can't see why they wouldn't. Man, the branding on this can is just beautiful. What a nice-looking can. Oh, hey, Anthony. Didn't see you join us. Um, yeah. Monob 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 
monogamy, mosaic, hard to say, uh, really nice, uh, IPA again. Um, I, I, Hey, if, if this is a beer that you love and you drink it multiple cans at a time all night, every night, that's great. And like, I'm glad you've landed on something you love to me. This is a very interesting beer. It's super cool. Uh, amazing how much, um, uh, like unique flavor things are kicking off of this that I wasn't necessarily expecting. Um, but in general, as a beer, the reality, actually, to be honest with you, there aren't a ton of single hot beers that I'm really like gung ho for. Um, and again, I've had some that are bad. This is definitely not bad. This is a very good beer. It's just, yeah, I just, I don't know. For, for me, I like a little more, uh, a little more depth on the hop profile, I guess. Pinch of citra in there, I bet, could really make a difference. But uh, but this is what I have, and it's tasty. Monogamy Mosaic from Bellwoods Brewery, purchased at the LCBO at... Oh, yeah, that was the Riverside one. I took Ben, my boy, over to Salter Street Brewery. By the way, had their pale ale. That was solid. I like that pale ale. Um, and uh, tried the English ale, English... Was it an English pale ale? I can't remember now. It was English, though. Um, also tasty. I feel like we could have walked back the yeast profile a little, and that's saying a lot, because English ales should have a distinctly English ale yeast taste. Uh, just ask the granite. Um, and that's fine and great. I felt like this particular example, it was just... It might not have been that it was too much, just there wasn't enough of everything else. It, it was a little out of balance. It was a little too yeast driven um, for my tastes. Again, it wasn't a bad beer. Um, just nitpicking a little on that. But I had a bunch of pale ales. They were delicious. Uh, and then, yeah, there were uh, Press Gang Mutiny, a shanty uh, band, uh, uh, vocal, all, all vocal, uh, unaccompanied music for the most part. Uh, they do a monthly sing-along shanty day at Salter Street, last Sunday of the month. Worth checking out. Bring a bit of cash to put in the jar. And uh, bring your best shanty singing voice ready to haul on the bow line and all that sort of stuff. Uh, but Ben, he's into the, he's into Celtic music. He's into shanties. He's into all sorts of sort of, <laughs> certainly al alternative isn't the right word. I mean, it is alternative in the music sense has a very distinctive meaning. And I don't mean that, but, uh, he, he has, um, a different, uh, taste in music than most of his friends. And I like that. So we went and sang some shanties. And then after I popped over to the LCBO across the road and grabbed a couple of tins. And here we are having Monogamy Mosaic from Bellwoods. Very, very tasty. What would you eat with this? It's an interesting question. I mean, this would be a good cheese beer for sure. Um, maybe not go too crazy on the funk with that. Um, a nice, you know, moderately old, uh, cheddar or something Dutch would be great. Um, you don't want to get too funky on this one. You might start to lose it. Um, it is assertively bitter. I think, I think in this case, actually, we're going to go somewhere spicy. Um, where should we go in spicy town? Where to go in Spicy Town? Uh, 
You know what, to be honest with you, I would almost do um, something spicy, but that also has a lot of spices. So a lot of the time we might lean into the jerk uh, territory here uh, with this, or like a Nashville hot, which is spicy, but also has a lot of um, herbs and spices in that sauce. Uh, those would all be good. Um, I actually think, though, I would go with... Uh, and you can't get it anymore. I mean, I'm sure you can get it from other restaurants, but it won't be the same. Uh, but Lynn Garden, my beloved Hakka Indian um, place in Scarborough, which I've discovered closed. Uh, we had it at, at Christmas time, and at some point since then, uh, uh, the proprietors wanted to retire, bless their souls, uh, and so they did. And they've closed the restaurant, and um, thanks for all the memories, I guess is what we got. They uh, made chili chicken which was like little bits of chicken that get uh, breaded and fried. And then that gets cooked in uh, a, a spicy uh, chili sauce. Uh, they would also do chili fish. That was uh, one of my jams. I really like that. So the sauce is um, a little sweet, quite spicy, and has some interesting... Um, again, so Hakka Indian is the uh, Chinese-influenced Indian cooking of the, the British monarchy or the British colonial times in, in India. So it's neither really Indian nor Chinese, but it, it kind of samples heavily from both. So it's very spice-driven. The reason why I think that would work with this is because the various sort of bitterness, obviously, we always say, spicy food, it's going to keep up. And I think those spices are going to play interestingly with the, uh, the melony grapey thing. Again, neither the melon nor the grape has any particular sweetness or tartness to it, right? It's just the aromatics, almost more of like the skin of the grape almost. Uh, so I think it'll just be an interesting interplay. I think, I think. Uh, you'll never find out because you can't get it anymore. That said, go to a Hakka Indian uh, uh, restaurant uh, and uh, see if they have chili fish. Because it won't be the same, but it'll be similar. So you could you could try that. That'd be all right. That's what I would do. Uh, tofu would work too. Same context. So that's nice. Mm -mm -mm. I know this is a bit of a short one, but uh, yeah, I'm still kind of coming back from my vacation. A little tired from vacation, and uh, I think I'm just gonna shut her down. Uh, Nothing really to speak of in terms of events. I mean, big news, if you didn't hear, I think it came out before last week's episode. I just forgot to mention it. But Left Field, founding member of Toronto Beer Podcast, Mandy uh, Murphy and uh, her, her delightful partner, Mark, have secured the former Three Brewers location in Liberty Village. Beautiful space. I think they're going to make a really... Really interesting uh, use of it. A lot of baseball themed stuff, obviously. And uh, uh, decent size, not as big as the, their brewing facility at, uh, at Wagstaff, a smaller brewery, but a brewery nonetheless. But uh, the bigger thing, huge uh, restaurant bar space. So they'll have food and obviously drinks. Um, and it's in Liberty Village. So if, uh, you know, you like me occasionally find yourself in Liberty Village wanting to go someplace to drink, um, and you don't necessarily want to go to a bar where the service staff are hired, um, primarily on their, uh, looks and measurements, um, left field, it's going to be there. It's going to be great. So uh, do check them out. 
Uh, I know they said when the opening date was going to be. Uh, it, it'll be, I think, in the summer is the idea. So uh, keep your eyes peeled. Check them out. Very exciting news. And huge congratulations uh, to Mark and Mandy and the whole crew, really, over at Left Field. That's a huge undertaking and very excited to see how that turns out. Hmm. Pardon me. Very excited to see that incredibly successful venture, because that is how it will turn out. They do everything well, and uh, they are intentional with their decisions and plans. They don't do things half-assed. And I know from having, I mean, (laughs) made a podcast with Mandy, but also having spent time with both of them, um, this will be as well-executed, well-thought-out, and um, carefully uh, done uh, as everything that they do. And uh, so that's fantastic. Good for you guys, Left Field. We love you. Uh, that's it. I'm shutting it down. I'm shutting it down. I'm going to do it right now. Uh, have yourself a good night. I'll be back Monday next week. Talk at you. Drink something. Definitely will drink something. Will I? Yeah. Yeah. Next week's fine. I didn't report in. I did play a game of rugby this past week. Just a short one. little 25-minute half. Uh, did pretty good. Um, <laughs> described. I don't even actually know if you noticed in the... The live video, my nose is a little red and a little swollen and a little differently crooked than it used to be. Turns out I might have broken my nose, but at this point, my nose just kind of breaks if I look at it the wrong way, so that's not really noteworthy. Otherwise, had a pretty decent game. A couple of tackles, hit a couple of rucks, didn't score, but don't need to. We we still won, so that's happy. That was good. And had a great time being hosted by Burlington. Burlington Centaurs, if you're out that way, great club to be involved with. Uh, highly recommend them. Just not as much as I would recommend playing for the beach. Come hang out with us. Anyway, that's what I got up to this weekend. And that's all I got. Yep, that's it. That's it. We're done. Hey, check out Rob Curry and the Curry Brothers. Uh, This song, Link Ray Gun, track two on the EP, We Are the Curry Brothers. As I said, link will be in the description. You can go ahead and listen to the end of it right now. Rob is going to take you to bed or whatever it is you're about to do with the rest of your day. Have a good night. Bye. (laughs) 